the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, and we have another special episode today, the Green Room number two, where we speak to different ADIs about news and current affairs in the industry and get their opinions and just basically shoot the breeze or whatever the phrase is. And today... We are joined by the magnificent, and I'm going to say the word again, fabulous Bob Morton. How are we doing, Bob? <laughs> what an intro. That's <laughs> tremendous. That's absolutely fantastic. How am I going to live up to that? Well, this is your <laughs> second time on the show, and I've been sure she was fabulous last time, so I'm just going to keep with that. I'm going to keep That's fabulous. Splendid. Splendid. <laughs> <laughs> I might get you a T-shirt made, the fabulous Bob Morton. I'll live in Blackpool, I'll get punched. <laughs> Um, no, but but thank you for joining us today for the, for this episode of the Green Room. Going forward, these episodes are going to be behind the Patreon paywall, but this one's going out free again, um, as was uh, last week's with Chris Benson. Um, but going forward, there'll be an edited version available for people to listen to. But you, uh, Bob, and others will be behind the secret paywall. Um, so. When I asked Bob to come on the show, Bob uh, immediately had a, a really good idea about what he wanted to speak about, and I was really enticed on that, and I think it's quite a big one. So just before we get to Bob's idea, I just want to touch on the one that's doing the rounds at the minute, which is these drastic, you know, dramatic price increases by the DVSA around the theory test and the um, the practical test that seems to be getting an awful lot of ne- negativity. So you may have detected a hint of sarcasm there before I, give my, before I give my opinion. What are your thoughts on these price increases, Bob? Um, well, I suppose it's multifaceted, isn't it? I mean, if you were to say to your pupils, oh, I'm going to put my prices up by 90 pence, they'd look at you and go, why are you not making it a pound? <laughs> why have we got to mess around with the 10p change all the time? Um, I think it depends on, on why they're doing it, really. I mean, for me... Me personally, I would rather put it up a tenner and use all of that money to recruit more examiners and to get the blooming waiting times down and to perhaps make the job of examiner a bit more enticing to ADIs because they seem to have to recruit very, very regularly. Now, that's either because people aren't staying in the job, they're not treating their staff very well, or people try it for a while and go, nah. So they need to make the job more attractive because then ADIs might be tempted to do it. I mean, even in this... These times of lockdown, where instructors have been out of work for 18 months, an awful lot of them, they're not thinking, well, I'll be an examiner. They're not thinking that. Why are they not thinking that? I I maybe would if the job was attractive and I thought, oh, holiday pay, sick pay, and a decent remuneration. So I think it's inevitable prices are going to go up. And again, it's the same as in our industry, is it not? Supply is outstripping, sorry, demand is outstripping supply. Yeah. That's when the price goes up. So... I suppose it's different for the DVSA because they're not a profit organisation. All of the, they make what's called an operating surplus, don't they? I might try that on the tax return one day. Yeah. I didn't make a profit. I made an operating surplus. Please, can I not pay any tax? Uh, so I think, broadly speaking, I'm a fan if it improves the offering and the service and the lead times for tests, because at the minute, it is ridiculous. I would concur with those thoughts. I think that... I agree with you. The big one for me was the the pence aspect of it. It's just, I think it makes a, this is petty, but it makes a whole thing look untidy. I mean, if I was booking a theory test for the first time and what's that gone up to £23.40, I would just look and I think, why why 40? It's like when you look at the drip test times, and it's like 11 minutes past nine or whatever it is. It's like, why is it, you know, it just shows almost the, the pettiness of it. But I I've no problem with them putting the price up as long as they use it wisely, like you said. And, and yeah. you know, there's a bit of me as well, and I'm not sure whether this would, would have this effect, but there's a bit of me that thinks double it, you know, deter people from yeah. booking tests. Absolutely. It'll, it'll get rid of this idea. Well, I'll just have a go and see how it happens, you know. And, I, and I th- you know, we have a responsibility here too, don't we, to be advising people, but we can't actually physically, we can't wrestle them to the ground and stop them. <laughs> going, but, you know, as professionals, we should be advising them accordingly. And it, it's... It's very difficult when you've got, you know, people moan about the DBSA. You can't blame the DBSA for these intensive training courses that are booking out a lot of this stuff and creating this load of people that are trained but have not got to test it. It's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's difficult. And I don't want to be seen as a DBSA basher. You know, I mean, I'm no DBSA fanboy, but 
looking at the stuff that they're doing currently, I think they're trying their best. Yeah. You know, I was t- chatting to somebody this morning who was shouting and screaming about it. I said, okay, if you were the DBSA, what would you do? And nothing came back. And I think that t- I just want to link something else in here. There's a there's a, a survey just come out. For God's sake, as an industry, can we not all just get our fingers out and put pen to paper? <laughs> you can't complain about it if you've been given the opportunity to talk to them about it and you don't take it. It's like, you know, you can't complain about the government if you don't vote. They're giving you an opportunity to say, well, I think you should do this. If we all did it, maybe we'd get what we wanted. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. And I can't remember the percentage, but it was quite a low turnout, wasn't it, of ADI? Is it a 9 or 13%? You should ask Chris Benster. He'd give me the figure exactly because he's a geek. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <Nice> geek. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's right because the thing is you could understand a small percentage of people that didn't see it. Because there's always going to be some people that don't come across it. You know, not everyone's going to be caught in that net. But for the figure to be that small and that that small of a turnout, it's quite poor. But I think we all think, don't we? You know, I think that oh, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. No, if we all think I'll do it, just in case somebody else doesn't, we might get a dramatic change around or a turnaround. You know, they are in listening mode. They have been for a little while now. The DBSA, they are prepared to listen, but you know. There's no point in them listening if nothing gets said. <laughs> no, but I mentioned this actually. I think it was with Chris Benster last week um, where I was saying that I think as an industry, a lot of us, and, and I used to be like this, are very reluctant to come forward with stuff. I mean, obviously you do, and we'll speak about your stuff later on, we you do your um, uh, client set and learning uh, courses, mm-hmm. um, you do your workshops, they're coming back now. So you're doing all this stuff. Right. Why aren't more people doing that? As in taking you up on it, why aren't more people listening to this podcast or Mick Knowles' podcast or Dipod? Why aren't more people following the um, Howard Floyd's YouTube channel or, or the YouTube video you did with Howard and, and, and Chris the other week? That was great fun, that you know, yeah. we had a right laugh before and after. <laughs> why aren't 30 to 40,000 daily eyes following that? And, and that's the thing, it's capturing the ones that aren't. And all right, it's not going to, not everyone is going to follow every channel. But there's a, a large proportion missing there. But I do We're just want to change, though, aren't we, Terry? We are seeing a change, and you know the, the likes of making yourself are making a difference there, and the other guys who are doing stuff that. But traditionally, we've never done that kind of stuff. We've never really thought about CPD and all that kind of thing. It's becoming a bit more, a bit more mainstream, I think, because there was a threat a little while ago that it was going to be compulsory. Yeah. Um, so people are starting to take it a little bit more seriously, and. and I, I, I perish the thought here, but I think the people who are leaving the industry, maybe some of those are the ones who didn't care about it anyway, the ones that are left, maybe care a bit more about it. I mean, I don't know. I've got no proof of that, but that's just my good feeling. No, I think you're right. And I think part of it is, and again, I'm, I'm looking at myself in this, and I'm also looking at the the feedback I've got from other ADIs, especially newish ADIs, that I had one contact me and ask if they could come on the show. And the message that sent me was really, really almost reluctant. It's like, I don't know why you'd want me on, but I'd like to come on. You know, it was that sort of message. And and when I said, yeah, yeah, they were like buzzing, like, oh, really? You'll have me on? And and it were like, I think there's a reluctance there because people have that opinion of they're just a driving instructor. So what, what difference well, do they make? There's that. I, I think you're right there, but I think there's also something else that plays in that, isn't it? You're, you know, you're brand new as an ADI. In fact, you might have experienced it while you were a, a PDI, you know, when you were working through the three tests, um, that you ask a question on social media and you get the snot kicked out of you yeah. for asking the question. You know, well, why are you doing that? What What is it about people in this industry that can't, that that's the only way they can feel good is by making somebody else feel worse. What's that all about? That's nonsense. You know, if you can't say anything nice, shut up. <laughs> No, I'll go back to the first post you made on social media and see what a number you were back in the day. Because <laughs> I know yeah. I was. <laughs> no, it's right. And how many posts do we see that start off or, or sort of incorporate, don't take this the wrong way, but... And it's like, you shouldn't have to put that on a post. You should just be able to put, I've got this question and I'm hoping someone can help me. And I must admit, I see them and, and you'll see like 60 answers, 60 comments, and I just don't even look at it because I think, well, they'll have an answer there. I don't need to go and add add fuel to that fire, if you like. But no, you're we right. Need to be, we need to be more collegiate as an organisation, as an industry or a profession. We're not a profession yet. If we become more collegiate, we will become a profession. You know, if we start looking out for each other, 
then then things will change. That'll change the mentality that makes us slit each other's throats over pricing and stuff. Even in this time of plenty, there's still somebody looking to think, oh, how can I be the cheapest? Yeah. Because I'll get more work. You know, that's it's not it's not helpful. <laughs> we don't help ourselves. Anyway, that's a very broad topic and just I won't I won't bang on bang on the table too much about that. But it's no. I think that the the idea of helping each other actually ties quite nicely into the the topic you wanted to speak about. But so it's a good segue. But just before we do, um, well done. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm almost getting good at these. Um, <laughs> I just want to mention with the price is one other thing. In that I'm reading a lot of people saying the timing's bad for it. Well, the timing's always going to be bad. And even if we incorporate driving instructor prices, you know, whenever we put up our prices, so from, from my school, which is just me, there's always going to be someone that that's going to affect negatively. So I put my prices up in July. My goal is to increase every July and January. I mean, obviously, I'll assess every time. But if I can put my prices up in July, why can't the DVSA? You know, I don't... Really? I don't think there's an issue with timing there at all. I think if they'd done it while we're in lockdown, that would have been slightly different. Yeah, that might have been different. And it's, yeah. it's you know, they have running costs the same as we have. Yeah. You know, so, and their their fuel bills go up just like ours do. You know, that fuel to heat buildings and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, as long as it's not a ridiculous rise, if it's within inflation, I'm okay with it. If it's going to go beyond inflation, that's okay too. But what do we get in return? Yeah. Well, that extra money, tell us what you're going to give. Yeah, you know, I'm sure every driving instructor in the country, well, maybe not every driving instructor, everybody would happily pay ten pound a year more road fund license if the potholes disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, if you're going to get something in return, you'll live with it. I reckon. I think. No, I would agree with that. I think that's. Uh, it's not just the police. That's anything in life, isn't it? You know, if someone said, right, we can build seven more hospitals across the UK, but you all need to give us 50 quid this year, yeah. I'd be putting mine in my pocket straight away. And I think most people would. I think you're right. But again, that, that ties, oh, I've got a good one. That ties back into looking after each other, right. which ties back into um, the, the topic you want to speak about. So what did you want to speak about today, Bob? Well, it's something that's been been troubling me for a little while and I'm seeing a big upsurge and the people that I'm talking to who are seasoned ADIs people who have been at this a long time people who care about the profession and who have invested in CPD and have perhaps you know done a coaching course or you know invested in themselves found out about it and are coming back to work now and finding a phrase that gets used I've heard several of them say I've lost my mojo that's what he mean well, I, just, I don't enjoy the job the way I used to. Interesting. Uh, what makes you say that? I always lead with that. Um, but I say, well, I've just, I've lost me way, is, is the thing. And I was chatting to a chap this morning. He's a great guy. I've known him 20 years. Passionate about the job. Loves the job. He's exactly the right sort. Loves people. Cares about the job. Cares about his pupils. Cares about road safety. And he just said, I'm, I'm lost, Bob. I'm lost. That's okay. What is it you've lost? He said, well, I was big into the coaching. You know, I really found my feet with that. And then lockdown came, and I, I don't seem to be able to do it as well. So, of course, if we have a think about this, and I'm, I'm talking to anybody who feels this at the minute, not just this fella, you've been 18 months out of it. You've learned a new language. When you learn a new language, the first thing you normally do is go to the company where, that speaks that language, and you practice it, and you get good at it. And you go on holiday there once a year, perhaps, and you develop your ability to speak that language. Now, my other half used to live in Germany, so I learned a bit of German. And I could quite happily go out there, go to a pub and order beer. Um, I could order a kebab, and I could do some basic shopping. <laughs> That's everything you need, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but once you're not doing it, you lose that ability. It's the same with the coaching. And, it, you know, I said, well, what's the problem? Well, I find myself instructing all the time. I said, well, okay, well, why are you instructing? Well, because of this and because of that. And he came up with some fairly valid reasons, you know. I had to stop this happening. I had to stop that happening. I said, well, is that not okay? Well, you can't instruct when you're coaching. Where have you got that from? Who said that? Well, I've, I've heard loads of people say it. Well, we work in a safety-critical environment. So if they're going to run into the wall, are you going to say to them, do you think you're going to make this corner? Or are you going to hit the brake? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to hit the brake. Well, yeah, but then I'm instructing. Well, yeah, what's wrong with that? Um, I think Graham, Graham Hooper just put a post up. A couple of days ago, I was reading it, and it's 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 he's right. There's directive and non-directive, and there's times that we need to be directive, slow down, 
you know, don't hit that pedestrian. Have you seen? Have you seen that cyclist? You know, and we might need to move the car out of the way. We might need to give a command, ask a question, give a prompt. It all becomes part of a wider coaching process if we then pull over to reflect, to review, assess what we've learned, how we might utilize that, and what we're going to do going forward. Um, so I think it's okay. And I think we need to learn to forgive ourselves and to not search for this perfect us, because that perfect us was us just before lockdown. You're no longer the perfect you because you've not been practicing it. And even if you've been reading about it and stuff, you're not, it's, you're not the full-blown you that you were at the start of lockdown. You need to learn to forgive yourself, assess where the problem is, so raising awareness, have a chat with somebody else about it, um, and then put a plan together. Because clear goal setting is the key to everything, certainly for personal change. So you look at it and say, okay, what's the thing that I've got the biggest problem with? And I've asked him to go, the guy I was chatting to, go away and have a think about that and then come back together and we'll put some plans together between us. And then we'll see what we can do and eliminate these problems one by one. And if you are one of these areas, it's, it's heartbreaking to speak to these people. If you are one of those people who's feeling that, I would urge you to just stop, take stock and think to yourself, if I was talking to a friend, a colleague, who was passionate about the job, who cared about the industry, and they were saying this to me, what would I say? And of course, I turned around on the chat this morning. He was like, he didn't spot it straight away what I'd done, but he went through it. He, was, he started to tell me what he would advise us for the person. And then he stopped and went, all right, <laughs> I get it. I get it. So it's never as bad as you think it is. And one of the reasons that I'm loving the fact that you're doing this kind of stuff, Terry, is that, you know, I've gone through these things myself where I've had self-doubt and niggly stuff. But I worked in an office where there were other trainers. I could sit down with a cup of coffee and say to somebody, oh, I had a bad morning. And they say, oh, why? why is that? What are you doing? And there was that, 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 that environment where I could share. As an ADI working at the pointy end, we're on our own a lot. So there isn't that outlet, if you like. And I think podcasts and discussing this stuff is important. And I think it's it's... It's, it's, it's an element of mental health, is it not? That we're sat at home with this negative self-talk and that is the most damaging conversation anybody can have where you criticize yourself. It is hugely destructive and we can paint ourselves into a corner in, in nanoseconds where you need to share that with somebody. So if you are struggling, I would urge you, talk to a friend, even if they're not an ADI. Just somebody who you know is going to listen. It's never as bad as you think it is. And, you know, coaching, the beauty of it is it's a forward-moving thing. You know, therapy is talking about the crap you've suffered through your life. Coaching's all about the onward journey. You know, there's nothing you can do about what's already happened. The fact that you find yourself in a position where you don't feel you're very good at the job anymore, right? there's, there's nothing, you can't change that, but you can change what the next step is. And I would urge everybody to get the eyes moving forward and just think, all right, we are where we are. What can I do next? And it's not as dark as you think it is. And you are certainly not alone thinking what you're thinking. It was good. And, and it's something that I'm passionate about as well, um, mental health. Um, like you saw the negative self-talk because – you know, this is, I'll be completely honest on this podcast. It's something that I struggle with. You know, I've had mental health issues in the past. I've had times where there's there's been times, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, what I'm going to say now, a trigger warning for anyone, you know. It's, I've had times when I nearly wasn't here anymore because of yeah. issues that I've had in the past. And a lot of that is the way that I would speak to myself or the way I would behave. Um, one thing I'm just going to throw in quickly, actually, is if uh, not just you, Bob, but anyone that's listening, if you haven't listened to... Season two, episode two, yeah, with a lady named Shab Shabnam Raja. So go back and listen to that because she's that episode was all largely about self talk and um, and how we are with each other. But it's coming back to what I was saying. It's I, I think that uh, I think it's bigger than what you're describing there at the minute. I think that when when you're struggling at work, and I know this industry can be quite lonely at times, as you, as you mentioned, we make it lonely. That's yeah, we make it lonely. By exactly. Not talking to each other about stuff. I think you're spot on, and, and people like yourself, and I'll include me in this, are trying to reduce that. But it is quite lonely. Or it's, you can be quite lonely. Let's phrase it that way. I think that 
you can still deal with it. We can still manage that. I think part of the problem is everything that's going on around that now, the the financial kicking we've had recently, the fact that, and I'm going to stick up for both sides here, actually, the fact that the people say they want to wear a mask in the car get a kicking off the people that don't, and the people that don't want to wear a mask in the car get the kicking off the people that do. So you, you get any kicking all the time. You mentioned before about asking questions on social media where you get a kicking off people for having the audacity to ask a question because that must make you a bad ADI that you didn't know this particular thing. You get... So there's all that going on. There's a financial problems that so many people are struggling with now. We have the situation that, in my opinion, at least, there's, I'm going on a real rant now. Uh, in my opinion, at least, there's more bad drivers on the road at the minute because they haven't been driving for 18 months. So I've, the number of uh, pictures I'm seeing I, of ADI... I came into contact with one of them a few Sundays ago. Yeah, you did. <laughs> exactly. No, but that's exactly right, because I was going to say the number of ADIs I'm seeing at the minute that are posting pictures of accidents they've been in, including me. I had someone crash into the back of me the other week, but I'm stationary at a junction. Who it's, teaches these people to drive? Exactly. I mean, she was taught 60 years ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it's... I, I, I can see that increasing, even if the statistics don't match, it appears to be increasing. And then on top of that, you know, you go into work and you go into lesson and then the student's getting pinged and they can't come to lesson because they've got a self isolate for 10 days. Yeah. Then you're managing your students' mental health because they're trying to get the test booked. So we've got all this stuff going on around it, which I think is making the thing that you mentioned even harder. Of course. And the reality is we all have mental health issues. Some of us have them greater than others, but we all have it. We all have that capacity to be negative. In fact, I think human beings are almost wired to be negative. And I think it's important. It's a very old, old, old saying, isn't it? Problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. Never been more true than right now. We've had this avalanche of rubbish land upon us. I had to stop myself there. <laughs> and it's very easy to be buried by it. But, you know, if there's two of you, more chance of digging your way out. If there's four of you, even more. So it's time for us to rally around and look after each other because it's been an incredibly tough time. If somebody wants to wear a mask, let them wear a mask. You know, it doesn't matter. Does it affect you? No. You know, that person is actually doing that out of an act of kindness. They're protecting you from them. Um, if somebody decides that in my car, it's masks, that's the end of it. It's my work environment. You want to yep. be in my work environment, you have to wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, that's fine. But you're not getting in my car. Yeah. And, you know, so... That's a decision I've taken. That's up to me. It's nobody else's business but mine. If somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, that's up to them. They're not trying to force me to get in that car with them, so it's their call. And, you know, me ranting and raving about it, does that change anything? It's like getting angry at other drivers. It only affects you. Stop it. You're yeah. hurting yourself. <laughs> Stop looking for things to be angry about. Here's the thing. If you're, if you're feeling a bit blue and a bit down, Wake up every morning. This is stolen from my mate, Woody Woodward. Think of something to be thankful for before you do anything else. And even if it's just like, yay, I woke up. Yeah. Think of something to be thankful for before you do anything else. And then another thing, which I stole from someone else, I can't remember where, make sure you achieve the first task of the day. Make the first task of tomorrow, make the bed. Yeah. Even if you just get up, first task of the day. You've now thought of something to be thankful for and you've achieved your first task. That starts releasing the right kind of chemicals in your brain. But if you wake up in the morning and go, oh, another day full of shit, already you're releasing the wrong chemicals in your brain. <laughs> anyway, that's, sorry. No, no. It's, one. I think it's it's good advice because at the end of the day, that's what we're speaking about here. We're speaking about the the instructors that are fed up that are leaving the industry that are disillusioned and they don't know what to do. And, and I'm very, very lucky in that I started this podcast when I did, because yeah. this has brought me in contact with some wonderful people, including yourself. That's almost been like a little bit of a support network for me. Mm. And some of the feedback I've got from this podcast is, is what's helping me. Uh, so I was just lucky that I started when I did, because I think if I'd waited, I probably wouldn't start it now because of the, yeah. the the situation but so it's, it's i think it's finding something to latch onto and i think like you said that a gratitude journal i do one every day start every day by writing down three things that i'm grateful for yeah, or I'm, i'll sometimes put three things that i've achieved you know yeah. anything along those lines it's it gets your day off to a good start and, and something else i'm going to throw out there and, and look me and you know what instructors are like I can guarantee about 90 percent of people listening to this will turn their nose of what i'm about to say but invest in yourself a little bit whether that 
in fact, I'm going to throw one out there. I'm I'm in a couple of Facebook groups, uh, Facebook communities that I pay for. Um, one of which is Coaching for Geeks Turbo. And that's an accountability group. So essentially, I go in this group, and every Sunday they have two communal sessions on Zoom where we go in, we talk about as week, we talk about what we achieved and what we're going to do next week, and we set as goals for the following week. Every day we're posting the goals that we want to achieve that day. And, and it's a really good group because it's really friendly and really helpful. And if I'd gone on and put, all, put goals I want to achieve that day that were stupid, that can't be achieved, someone will go, are you sure you're going to do that? You're not always stretching a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, I'll then tweak accordingly or whatever. And it's just a really supportive community. And I'm not saying that one is right for everyone. But find something that works too, like you said about talking to people, even if it's just getting in a WhatsApp group with a couple of different instructors, even if anyone's listening to this and wants to message me, you know, I'm easy to find on Facebook, you know, um, drop me a message. I'll happily speak to anyone. And I think that that's the key. So whether it's going out and paying, what am I paying? I'll tell me off if I get this wrong. I think it's 65 quid a month for this, uh, the, the group I mentioned, or whether it's just finding someone to communicate with. I think that's massive. Well, I think, I think you're right, and I think it is vitally important to invest in yourself. Now, people are going to say, well, you would say that because you sell standards check courses and coaching courses, but I'm not necessarily even talking about that. It's actually changing the mindset to think, I'm going to work on me. I want yeah. some me time. I want to find a hyacinth for me soul. That might be something as simple as, do you know what? Instead of allowing myself an hour for lunch and shoehorning a lesson in there and then make myself late for the rest of the day, I'm going to have 45 minutes for lunch. I'm going to get myself a nice sandwich. I'm going to sit in the park and eat it. That is investing in yourself. If you look at the, you know, I, I should have to say make a list of things that are hacking you off at the minute, but there'll come a point, there's a tipping point that's reached, which makes you go, that's it. I'm done. I've yeah. had enough. You don't need to fix everything that's on the list. You just need rid of the last two or three. That'll keep you still invested in being where you're at and you know take your mind back to why did you do this in the first place it's probably because you like people and you're a good communicator that hasn't changed the things that you wanted from the job haven't changed your mindset has changed you've been painted into a corner by a, an avalanche of crap that's landed on you in the last 18 months so you just need rid of the last two or three that'll put you in a better frame of mind that'll then get you to the place where you can start hacking away at the rest so you only really need rid of that one thing, the thing that's going to tip you over the edge. So try and identify what it is and then work on the rest. So investing in yourself is about maybe thinking about the sort of food you eat. Oh, and I know this sounds crazy, but you know, you are what you eat. So start thinking about it. Are you loading up with sugary stuff that just gives you a short energy burst? And you know, towards the end of the day, are you tired? If you're getting home at the end of the day and you pour yourself a beer and you're asleep before you've, you've drunk it, Something's not right. Look at your working practices. Start building in a tea break of a morning. You know, start allowing yourself your favorite coffee, something that's really nice. Treat yourself to something. And it doesn't, ha- you know, that doesn't have to cost you any money. I'm going to have a break in the middle of the day and I'm going to go for a walk on the beach, a walk in the park, a walk in the woods. Um, I'm going to take the dog for two walks a day. Now. I'm going to make that three times. And just something that's going to make a very small change in your lifestyle because that those very small changes lead to huge changes because you see the benefits straight away and you think, oh, I might do a bit more of this. I might do a bit more. Then that might ultimately lead, lead to doing some, you know, development on skills or knowledge or understanding. But start small. Make things things that you can achieve, like having 45 minutes for lunch, going for a walk in the park and making sure that you do it. In fact, in, involve somebody else in the process. Do it as a joint thing. And make sure that you're each doing each other's thing. You know, have you done that today? Oh, why have you not done it? Oh, because that'll maybe force the issue and make you do it. So it's it's not just about buying CPD. Oh, I'd love you all to come along to one of my standards <laughs> check workshops, which start again in, in September. Look at my website for details. Sorry, I couldn't I couldn't resist. <laughs> but you know, investing in yourself is is the first thing. If you're feeling it, get rid of the, the negative self talk. Find a way of doing it. If you can't do it on your own. Find help. Terry said he's happy to talk. I'm always happy to talk to people. You know, it's I hate seeing people who are passionate about the job have that passion eroded. You know, we we do not want to lose the good guys from the industry. You know, because what does that leave us with? <laughs> exactly. And I think you make some really good points there. I think it, it's interesting, like you say, you you immediately went down the the route of saying that 
people will say you're trying to flog someone when you say invest in yourself. Yeah. And of course you are. There's well, no one that's how I make my living. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what we do as instructors. And but it's not always about that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that if 40,000 ADIs tomorrow came to you and said, right, 30,000 of us are going to go and do this standard course over here and, and 10,000 are come to you, you'd be happy with that. It, it's not always about which no, course they're going for. It's people developing. And re- again, it's, it's, it's about, yeah, it's about just developing yourself. And I think the other, I, I want to touch on something else you said there as well about um, your lunch breaks. Because the way I, of a lockdown, the way I broke down my diary was I looked at it and thought, what do I want to do between lessons? Because lessons can be quite stressful. My lessons are generally two hours, so I'm working on that premise. What do I want to do between a two-hour lesson? Right, well, I usually want to grab a quick bite to eat. It could just be a snack or it could be my lunch, whatever. I want a drink. I want to stretch my legs. I want to go and do my social media because I've got podcasts remote. I've got, you know, this other stuff to do. I want to do a bit of diary work and a bit of admin. Right, okay. I'm doing 90 minutes between lessons. Okay, cool. And that felt really awkward. Because mm. I don't know any other instructors that do 90 minutes between lessons. So well, That's my... interesting because we had a guy who, oh, no, no, Peter, if you're listening, Peter, hello, um, who worked in a city centre, didn't live far from the test centre, very rarely had more than five or six minutes between pupils. So busy, 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 busy. He decided he was going to move to the west coast of Scotland and leave an hour between lessons. And I said, I wonder what on earth are you doing that for? Look at the time he said. Bob, look at my quality of life. Look at the scenery I'm sat in. You know, it's it's is it it's Graham? It's Graham that, that posts the pictures of himself up in the West Coast. Yeah. And people take the Mickey, don't they? But look at that view. Look at that view. I look at that and think, oh, I'd love to have my lunch there. Well, that's that's what I do sometimes, because I in um where I'm in Bradford, there's got all sort of Bronte country one side. And I've got Ilkley the other side. So right. sometimes I'll just go the really long way between lessons and go over Ilkley Mars and get out and just go for a 10-minute walk. And so my day will generally be, and I usually do my first lesson at half eight. So I'll do an half eight till half 10, 12 till two, and then half three till half five. And I'll mm. be on about six. And yes, I could have knocked easily 45 minutes off between those lessons and been home an hour and a half earlier. But I'll then have the, that work to do when I got home. So I think it's worthwhile as well when you're when you're doing these things, make a note of how you're feeling about it. Yeah, you know what impact. And if you can't find something, if, you, if you're really struggling to find something that you think would be useful to you, then okay, try and do something for somebody else. See what that does. Yeah, you know that's that's you know there's it's it's amazing the difference it, it, how it makes you feel when you've made somebody else feel good. Yeah, it feels great. It feels absolutely spectacular, um, and it releases the right chemicals in the brain. And so, it's these little things. And people often look at it and go, "Smoking mirrors, it's all you know." What, what is it, Mike Hopkins? If you're listening, Mike, this is my favorite Facebook post of 2017. I put a post <laughs> up about coaching, and he said, "I see you're still befuddling people with that hippy trippy shit." <laughs> <laughs> But he buys into it now, right? Because <laughs> it makes a difference, and it's we do have a lot more control over our lives than we think we have. Yep. There's always a little, a little way you can. Sorry, I could have crossed you before. That, how rude! There's always a way of just making things a little bit better, and they only need to be a little bit better, and a lot of little bit betters get to become a lot better. Yeah, I think it's consistency as well. I mean, I had, um, I'm a. a Big fan of meditation um, and, and mindfulness, and it's something I've been doing more and more over the past few years. But I had a student recently who said they've started meditating, uh, and then the next lesson I asked how it went, they went, "I've, I've stopped." I said, "Why?" Because it won't. I said it won't work. And I went, "How many times did you do it?" They said, "Twice." I'm like, come on, you've meditated for five <laughs> minutes twice, and now you're saying it's not working. Um, so I, I do it's think like marriage. I tried it once, I didn't like it. <laughs> to be fair. I tried it once and I'm still doing it. So nine years together now. So it's not go. bad going. She'll go. wise up to you soon enough. It's not nine years, it's eight. <laughs> she told me off before. And as we speak, I put a Facebook post up today talking about having nine years together. And she's corrected it and put eight. So I'm like, fair enough. Oh. Um, <laughs> Does it seem longer to you, Terry? Is that what you're saying? Does it seem longer <laughs> to you? <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think that the consistency is the key. We can't just try, like you mentioned coaching, we can't just try it once and it not work and then give up. We need to to actively try this stuff. And I'm just going back to investing in yourself as well. As you say, it doesn't have to be spending uh, 1,500 quid on a, a BTEC course or whatever it is. You know, this podcast is investing in yourself. And I'm not just single. Again, people will say, oh, look at him promoting his own podcast. I mean, you're listening to it for a start, but there are others out there. I've mentioned Mick Knowles's, um, oh, crap, uh, did podcast. I forgot what it's called then. We've got the Dipod. They're the free big driving instructor ones that are out at the minute. Even the DITC have the, the little podcast out as well. Yeah. Um Beyond that, there's all kinds of other self-help podcasts. I mean, that doesn't cost anything. Um, as long as you've got a phone, it doesn't cost anything. Mm. But then there's other stuff like audiobooks. Again, you can listen to this stuff between cars or, heaven forbid, you could read a book or you could, you could actually yeah. invest in, you yeah. know, your group, Bob, your your group, the, uh, the driving surgery, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yours is, is one of the best for not just being full of tripe. It's actually, you know... It's because I jump on it if it is. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it needs sometimes. And I think that that actually frees people up to post a little bit, which is is great. Nobody should ever be scared to ask a question. Yeah. You know, it's an old thing. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And it's true. The only, the only time it's ever a stupid question is if you actually knew the answer. So, but even then, you know, it's just... Sometimes we just need affirmation. It's a reaching out. They're trying to connect with people. Facebook, social media is our way of connecting. Yeah. You know, it's that one of the one of the big things that comes from you know, getting back to like CPD. You know, the BTEC, for example, that try coaching do. It isn't just about the coaching thing, although they, they do that extremely well. There's a community created among the people who have done it. And that's worth its weight in gold. You know, it just you start to feel connected. Or perhaps I shouldn't be bigging up their products when I sell mine. But, you know, they've, they've, they've made great strides and they have created a community of, of kind of, if you like, like-minded people who are on that journey together. And, it, you know, anything we can do that connects us better has to be a good thing, I would have thought. Has to be. With the, the BTEC course, um, the, the group I mentioned before, the, the, the Coach Big Eats Turbo group, I was on that a little while ago. And I was talking about how I feel like I've taken too much on. I'm a bit overworked mm. with, with all the podcasts and with the uh, the book that I'm writing and, and with the lessons I'm doing, which is a bit more than usual because of lockdown recovery and all that kind of stuff. And also looking after my wife who's ill and, and all that kind of crap. I was talking about, I think I've taken on a bit too much. I've overloaded myself. And the guy in charge, Robin, he goes, so what are you going to do about that this week? I went, well, what I did was I've signed up to do the BTEC course and another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was his reaction. That oh, yeah, that would work. yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did actually plan it in and factor it in because I could see certain areas of my workload coming down. So I did plan it in, but it did amuse me. But again, like you said, it, doing that BTEC course, I think I'm getting more just from liaising with the people on it than the actual content. And that's not a slight on the content at all. I've only oh, done one session so far. But just the liaising with the, and I'm going to use the term, with the experts on yeah, there absolutely. and the the other simpletons like me um liaising i hope they are listening to this i don't mean that derogatory to them um but yeah liaising with them and hearing the different points of view which i don't get to do that much normally with me it's one-on-one so to do it in a group was was fascinating and i think there's just so much things out there we can do and, and as you said for, for people turning away from the industry if you genuinely don't, genuinely don't want to be a driving instructor then that's probably the right decision you know, mm. we're not yeah. sitting here saying you have to stay, you know, whipping yeah, a minute ship. Absolutely. But if you're just feeling disillusioned or if you're struggling, there, there's ways out there. Don't feel afraid. As you know, it's not this doesn't have to message us. It could be signing up to, to one of the groups, whether it's Bob's or Ray Seagraves or ADI Chatter or you know, whatever yeah. it is. All of those groups, the people that run them, the people that run these CPD courses, it's not just about the money. You know, they'll happily talk to people. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people who've done the BTEC, and I've met people who've done that BTEC where it's absolutely opened them up and they've really become phenomenal at what they do. And then I've met others who couldn't coach their way out of a paper bag because they've not invested in it. They thought they've just been going to go along and either Susan or Graham was going to wave a magic wand over them and turn them into a coach. You know, you, you get out of it what you put into it, like anything. Um, so, you know, it's it's very worthy of the stuff they do. That, 
I see Graham gets a hard time sometimes. I, I, I don't understand why. I only ever see him trying to be helpful. <laughs> I mean, was... Apart from the fact that he supports Chelsea. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you know what? That, that's part of the problem, I think. When you, as you mentioned before, you try and be helpful with, and, and people assume you try to sell them somewhere. Mm. And if, there's always an element of that. We're humans, we run businesses, but it's the same with a driving school. You know, if you saw a student post online something about lessons, you may help them, you may offer some advice, but you're also going to be willing to sell them your theory test course or an app that you've made or a driving lesson. So, but you're still willing to help them otherwise. And you see it a lot online as well, people saying, why don't ADIs just help each other for free? And I think, well, we do. We, we do help each other free, but we're also saying that if you want all this of my time, then you have to pay for it the same way you would help a student a little bit, but you wouldn't say, here, have 40 hours for free. Well, that's right. That's right. This is how we make our living. <laughs> but, you know, people who make their living at it and are reasonably successful, so, sometimes like to feel a bit philanthropic and put a bit back. You know, I've had a, I've had a good living out of this industry. You know, I've been at it thir- 32 years. Oh, my God. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I retire from my position as director of training at LDC next Thursday. And, you know, somebody was on, on a meeting the other day, I think almost trying to get, trying to goad me into slagging LDC off. I said, you, you must realize that I believe in everything that I do. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, I believe, I firmly believe theirs is the best franchise. I suppose I would say that, wouldn't I? But I do believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been there for 30 years. You know, I think that's a, a really key point, actually. Of course you believe that because you work there. It's, well, no, you work there because you believe that, not the other way around. It's not like you you see it and go, well, that's crap, but I'm going to say it's good. You know, I think... Uh, you, you, spe- you may carry that off for a day or two, but you'd never manage it for 30 years. Exactly. Um, so speaking of, of um, the LDC and you're working 30-plus years in the industry and uh, your illustrious career... Illustrious. Uh, illustrious career... <laughs> I've been reading the thesaurus. I know what some of these words mean, but not all of them. <laughs> Your illustrious career kind of coming to its swan song uh, in, in a week or so. Um, I, I would like just to uh, get your thoughts a little bit on, on the changes you've seen over the last 30 years and, and how you see the industry now compared to what it was those many, 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 many decades ago. I think that's a great question. I wish you'd asked me that earlier so I could think about it. <laughs> I think the difference I've seen is the amount of people in the industry whose opinion I value as a percentage is much greater now than it was when I was first in the industry. Now, I don't know whether that's because it's changed over the time or whether because when I was first qualified, I was thick. Maybe it's a combination of the two. <laughs> um, but it's, I do think that there are more people at the, at the top end of the game. That what, I, what I term the, you know, the, the real proper professional driving instructors who care about the job, care about the pupils, um, you know, do their best to be as professional as they can at all times. I think that number's probably gone from 5% to maybe 10 15%. Um, I think the number of people who are investing in CPD has gone up. Um, unfortunately, we still have, you know, at the bottom end of the industry, the sex pest zone. I'm afraid that still exists. I'm sorry um, for laughing at that. It was the way you described it. It's just, it, it is. You know, you hear some horror stories and, you know, we see prosecutions. You yeah. know, our, our registrar, Jackie Turner, when she first came on board, it's such a problem. She decided this needs to be a priority. This needs tackling this because this is bad. And it is. Uh, but the, the average ADI is, you know, I don't have to paint everybody with the same brush, but we're all just busy making a, making a living. Yeah. You know, rather than really thinking about what part do we play in the profession? How can we show? Because if the profession gets better, we all get better. You know, we all start to then get ourselves to a position where we're able to earn more money because our, our, our service offering is of a higher quality. You know, and this is the one great coaching. It puts the... the the learner at the centre of everything. It doesn't mean that they they'd make all the decisions. It doesn't mean that they've got to find their own way through things. You know, it's 
we can be directive sometimes and say, well, that's okay, I see what you're saying there, but explain to me the advantages of that approach. Are there any disadvantages? You know, lesson number two, I want to do motorways. Right, equal. Okay, okay. So how fast have you travelled so far? Ooh, about eight mile an hour. Okay, so you want to make a 62 mile an hour jump. Is that sensible? Tell me about the impact on the on our management of risk here. So as the professional, I would be jumping in. Anyway, that's a, I'll not go down that particular <laughs> rabbit hole. But I think, I think as an industry, we have got better. We're not a profession yet because I've not enough professionals in the industry, people who really, truly are passionate and care enough about it to modify that behaviour. That's uh, an indictment, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes and no, because... I think that part of the the thing that I see in, in in the industry is that because we don't have to do stuff, we don't. Because we don't, at the minute, we don't have to coach, so we don't. We don't have to, I can't think of examples off the top of here, but there's that much stuff we don't have to do, so therefore we don't. And even, even now with demand outweighing supply, we don't More need to promote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to promote our driving schools. And mm. I see it all the time with people ask about marketing and over instruction saying you don't need to. And I'm like, this is the perfect time to market. You it really is. You should absolutely be differentiating yourself from everybody else at this point. Yeah. And the time to do your marketing is when you either don't have time to do it or you don't need to do it. Yeah. That and way you're more effective. Exactly. But because we don't need to, we're not. Or not just we, but a lot of people are. And it's like you said, there's that middle ground. And I think that it's it's pulling more people towards one direction than the other. So those people in the middle, the whatever percentage it is, those people in the middle that are curious, they're the ones we want to be dragging over. We're never necessarily going to get the, the sex pests. They're going to stay sex pests and just be themselves. But we can go for the level above that and try and bring them Absolutely. around. So. And I think the thing to realise is that, you know, this is a time of plenty, which is great. And we de- as an in- we deserve it after the last 18 months. Yeah. But unless you're going to retire in the next five years, I can tell you this, you're going to face a recession. Yeah. Well, get ready for it. And yeah. Get ready now <laughs> so that it's easy rather than waiting until it happens. I've seen a few recessions now in my time. Ninety Was it one or 91 or 92? Um, then we had 2008, and there was a one. It was at 98. We had a dip. Times were tough. Times were tough. Yeah. Um, so that there's another one of those coming. So if you're really slick at your marketing and you're on top of your game and your service offering sparkles, you'll you'll do okay. Yeah. Um, the just wrapping up there with with your retirement. One thing I do want to say is that I haven't been in this industry this long. It's about five years now. Um, I'm not retire-retiring, I'm going part-time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I feel it's an appropriate time to mention this because I've not been in the industry that long. And there's been a lot of people that have influenced me necessarily without even speaking to me or without realising they've influenced me. Probably not, I'll probably count on two ones, maybe even one, the people that have had a significant impact. And I'm not going to name them all because I will forget some. So I don't want to offend anyone. Then you'd be in trouble, yeah. Yeah. But I do want to give a shout out to, to, to today's wonderful, fabulous guest, Bob Martin, because you have <laughs> had an impact on it. Going right back to when I took my part three, as it was at the time, the PSTs, um, and watching your YouTube videos. That's when I first stumbled across you. And I've kind of watched you from the background. And it was coming out of lockdown... Free. I think it was when when I then stumbled across your class at a learning course. And I remember having this conversation with them when we actually spoke a little bit about what we're speaking about today. And me saying I've lost my mojo. I lost some of my enthusiasm. And you we had that chat. And for me, the realization was it's because normally as an instructor, you'll have a turnover of students of like three to six months. Yeah. But I'd had these guys 18 months. Yeah. And I needed some fresh blood, you know. Um, that's probably not the best way to phrase it, but same um, each other, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it was that conversation. And since then, I then signed up to your class at a learning course. So you've continued to influence me there, even though I haven't taken part in it for two months, purely because of of um timetable clashes on my part, not yours. Um, but now we're in a position where I come back to it again. So I just wanted to give a little personal shout out and a, a personal thank you to yourself for the influence and impact you've had on me over the last few years without even probably realising it. Well, that's incredibly kind of you to say. I feel humbled by it. Oh, 
yep. Uh, <laughs> and the first ever guest on the Instructor Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> forgot that seems like a lifetime ago. Are people still listening to that? <laughs> no, it's just me and you now. That's it. <laughs> It's just you and me having it on continuous loop getting the numbers up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on that note, we, we've uh, I've done my little uh, little speech for you there. Um, so obviously, like you said, you're leaving LDC, but you're not completely leaving the profession. So just tell us a little bit about what you are doing, where can people find you, and is there anything else you would like to promote or talk about? Um, oh, gosh. Um, well, you can find me at www.clientcenteredlearning.co.uk. Um, I have a subscription service, which is designed, or it's trying to be designed, to be all things to all men. If you want to develop from where you are now to something else, whatever that might be within the industry, it'll cost you $19.99 a month. Um, there's workshops, there's regular Zooms, there's all sorts of stuff. Um and standards check workshops, I'm actually going to be out and about, thank goodness, for the first time in ages, starting in September. Again, you can find details on clientcenteredlearning.co.uk if you'd like to turn, turn up. Um, I'm also going to start thrashing some adverts. I've just been seeking permission to post adverts on social media this morning. So they'll be happening over the weekend and next week. So if you, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to come along and stuff, I should be easy to find. <laughs> Well, I will put all the links in the show notes. So anyone listening to this has no excuse. All you need to do is go to the show notes and click on the links. I'll, I'll include two or three in there for your, for your different bits and bobs. Speaking of subscription services, um, I'm getting good at these cyclists. Speaking <laughs> of subscription services, um, as I mentioned previously, I do have one now, uh, the Patreon feed for this show. Um, so there'll be a link for that in the show notes as well, or just search for the instructor on Patreon if you're on Patreon already. And there will be these weekly shows on there, the green room. There'll be other shows on there along the lines of we'll have masterminds. There'll be TED Talks, which is absolutely nothing like TED Talks, I promise. So if TED is listening, no libel action can be taken. They're completely <laughs> different. Um, also got something in the pipeline, which I'm not going to talk about too much, but it's going to be called Contraflow Conversations. And you can thank Chris Benstead again for that one. Um, and there's lots more coming up as well. But take a look over there. There's different ways to support the show, starting off with £2 a month. Uh, there's three tiers at the minute, but those tiers will be increased uh, with some very novel ideas as we go along. But I'm going to leave that for there for now. But yes, go take a look. Anything else you would like to uh, to add on there, Bob? Anything you want to wrap up the show with? He's a nut job, that Benstead fellow. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rename this the Chris Benstead episode. <laughs> He's a top bloke. And if you're not already a member of the DITC, do so. It's six it's, quid. And it's all right, isn't it? It's all right. I, I'm going to mention this, actually, for anyone that, that's listening now. Um, I haven't done it yet because I'm not quite sure where to put it in. But I think it's going to be the next tier on Patreon where you will get a free subscription to the DITC. All right, um, cool. So that will be included within that. So if you are already a member of the DITC, then that would then be covered within that to you but that's not on there yet because i haven't it got is the... also a place you can talk you know, yes not like, not like social media it's good i don't know why i'm plugging chris's stuff that's because he's a good guy he's a good guy <laughs> and i like it is is there anyone else you would like to plug while you're on it <laughs> i trying to think now let me think I'll, I'll give you a list for the show notes uh yes <laughs> i i'm a fan of tri coaching and i like ray seagrave and there's other people i've missed so i'm not going to mention anymore <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've got a talented team across there, haven't they? You know, it's um, it's clearly driven by the passion of the people at the top of it. Yeah. You know, you only gotta, you've only got to spend two or three minutes with these people and you understand the passion that comes from them. The um, So it's, you know, and I think a big shout out to your good self and all, Terry. You know, you've done a lot of good work with this and raising awareness of podcasts, which helps other podcasts. Uh, so it's it's good. You know, it's it's something different. And it's nice. It's refreshing. I, uh, I appreciate those kind words. I'm going to clip that and put that at the start of the show uh, just to make sure everyone hears it. Um, right, well, just before I let you go, uh, I did forget to tell you this, so you'll, um, I apologise. But at the end of the, each episode of the, the regular podcast, what I'm doing, I'm just doing a few quick-fire questions to wrap up the show as a little oh, bonus yeah. segment. Um, so screw it, I'm going to do them for you as well. Oh, well your pressure. Oh, my yes. God. So it's not necessarily... up for this. <laughs> It's not necessarily one-word answers, but short answers. Are you ready? Have you forgotten who you're talking to? <laughs> hey, we've mentioned already, but if Chris Spencer can manage it, you can manage it. Okay. Oh, no pressure then. <laughs> right, okay. So let's begin. 
Dog or cat? 42. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, dog or cat? Oh, currently I have three cats, but I love dogs. That's uh, a 50-50, I think. You've got to choose. Have I phone a friend? No. Okay, cat. Cat, bad answer. Uh, what is your favourite book of all time? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Okay. Um, would you that, it would be The Inner Game of Tennis. That's number two. Oh, someone else said that recently. I forget who. Fantastic book. When I first read it, didn't understand it at all. Now I do. It's uh, it's on my list, is that. Um, would you ever consider going vegan? I have done. I mean, I'm not now. Yeah. But my daughter's vegan. Uh, when I went over to, they live in Australia, I went to visit them. Um, and I said, look, I want to be a good house guest. I'll just eat what you eat. Um, so I was vegan for about five, six months. Harder to be vegan here than it is in Australia because all the eateries, it's like it's the equivalent of being vegetarian, being vegan in Australia. Loads of choice on all the menus. I came home and as if I was just at home eating, it's fine. It's no bother. I am trying to sort of lean back that way. Um, but it's when you're trying to eat out as a vegan, it's hard, if, especially if you're on the road. Yeah. Um, but I'm veggie. Um, but somebody, somebody said to me the other day, so hang on a minute, fat lad, how can you be vegetarian and be fat? It's because I'm allowed chocolate and chips. <laughs> yeah. I get that a lot. Um, I, you know, I'm, so much for short answers. Sorry, Terry. Sorry. No, it's, it's all right because I get that a lot. I'm like, I'm having pizza tonight. It's it's just vegan pizza. It's still really, really unhealthy. And chips are vegan. I have loads of chips. It's just dark chocolate. This is win-win. Yeah. Um, all right. Favorite film. Oh, now then. Ooh. Depends what genre. It's gotta be sort of either Shawshank or Green Mile. I think I'd go Shawshank, I think. You know what? I've never seen the Shawshank Redemption. All right. I'm uh, as we speak. I'm getting my jab tomorrow, so I may make it specific this weekend. I've got a couple of days off to watch a Shawshank Redemption. And I love it. It's a movie I can watch over and over and over. Um, and I suppose the reason I asked you for which genre, The Princess Bride, is just magical. It's just an incredible film. That's it. But for those who've who've not seen it, you're not gonna you're not gonna understand the next little bit. Was a ah hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You'll kill my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. Once you watch the movie, you'll understand. <laughs> it's incredible. And it doesn't matter who you're watching it with. Moving on to the next one in these quick fire <laughs> questions. <laughs> what, oh, yeah. do you, <laughs> Sorry. what do you call, or what did you call your students? Was it students, pupils, customers? Customers, always. Customers. What's your proudest achievement in life? Proudest achievement, I think. I mean, I, you know, we're not talking about childbirth and that sort of stuff. It's, it's. I mean, I haven't given birth to any children, by the way. Um, <laughs> that you know about achievement. <laughs> I think I'd know about it. <laughs> um, proudest achievement. Gosh, last year, on stage with Hatfield and Askin Band, we were just being promoted back to the championship section. And we churned out a phenomenal performance. It was an incredible thing to be a part of uh, and to feel so connected to so many people in, in one moment. There you go. Cool. And so the one, yeah, that's probably it, I think. The last one. Give me one goal that you've got, just one goal that you would like to achieve. It's a constant thing. And it's, it's something I, I picked up from a professional conductor. He used to just say to us all the time be better so my goal is to be better always in everything i try and do just be better be the best that you can that might be my favorite one so far i like that be better i'm going to be adopt better. that be better oh as my mate lee he's unlikely to be listening to this always used to say to me just as we went on stage he'd turn to me and go don't be shit <laughs> yeah yeah, I think Just I prefer a bit better. Reverse. <laughs> it sounds like the uh, the goals I set my students for the test. I said, what are your three goals to go? Don't know, right? Goal number one, don't crash my car. That's all I'm bothered about. A good starting goal, point. Yeah. If you do that, I'm happy. I don't care about anything else. Goal number two is pass. And goal number three, you want a clean sheet. 
And then the panic over clean sheet. No, don't panic over clean sheet. Panic over not crashing my car. That's the important <laughs> one. I think the one precludes the other, does it not? <laughs> yeah. If you achieve a clean sheet, my car should be scratch-free. <laughs> I'd like to think so anyway. Um, anyway, that concludes the quick fire question section. Um, fire. <laughs> I think the meaning of that was lost on me somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, now I'm going to say thank you again, Bob. Thank you, A, for the, the, the 30 plus years of service you've given our industry. Um, B, for joining me uh, again today. We will be seeing more of you uh, in the uh, behind the pay wall, as they might say. Um, but no, thank you for your Doesn't time. I mean, I'm going to strip, by the way. <laughs> just, nobody's, no. Nobody wants that. I wonder, um, I wonder what tier I could put that in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.